0: Father, in the time that we have to consider you and your word, settle our hearts, settle our minds, settle me, O God. Make the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be completely acceptable to you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I must apologize, in the bulletin it says that I'm supposed to be speaking on Colossians chapter 3 uh, this evening. Um, those of you who have been preaching and teaching know sometimes there are curveballs that are thrown your way. And I personally don't like to speak anything that has not processed through me first. So I've changed um, tonight's uh, message uh, or what was planned for this evening. And I want us to take a look at um, a passage in Matthew, especially coming off the heels of Resurrection uh, Resurrection Week. Matthew chapter 28 opens up where Jesus has been now resurrected mysteriously, miraculously. Uh, for those who are in the church, they're rejoicing, they're happy. Can you imagine, can you imagine Caiaphas and Ananias, the two priests who were back and forth between Herod and Pilate? Can you imagine the the look on their face, the emotional turmoil that's going on when they hear that Jesus is alive? I, I I like to have these games, these images in my mind. I can imagine Jesus walking down the streets of Jerusalem, and he sees Caiaphas and Annas. He says, "Hey, Caiaphas, high five!" It must have been an amazing time, an incredible time. Jesus is alive, and as uh, Brother Anton. Uh, uh, made mention in the passage that we read from Isaiah. Can you imagine, um, oh man, can, can you imagine uh, the, the, the sound of angels going back and forth, holy, holy, holy. I can't wait to be a part of that, that, that congregation. And the question that always I'm left to ask is, what do we do? How do we live until then? We know Messiah is on His way. We know He is returning. We know that to be true. We're convinced in our heart that that is the way it's going to happen. But how do we live until then? Jesus, in Matthew chapter 8, sorry, Matthew chapter 28 is giving some final instructions to his, his followers, his disciples. And we drop down to verse 16, and he says, But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, that's Jesus, they worshipped him. But some were, were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And 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 if we've if you spend any amount of time in church, you would have heard this passage before. Um, my desire tonight is simply to encourage us in doing what we are doing. The trends all point downwards. Sunday school attendance, and this isn't just here at Calvary, but this is. Read locally, regionally, globally. Sunday school attendance, down. Sunday morning worship service, attendance, down. Let's not talk about Sunday evening worship service. It's all trending down. Um, did I say Sunday school attendance? Small groups, trending down. Cell groups, same thing. Mini church, whatever, however you want to call it. Uh, they're all trending down. Uh, Wednesday night, Bible study. What's that? It's trending down. Prayer meeting. They're all trending down. And the question we're asking is, how do we stem the tide? And I think, ladies and gentlemen, the answer is right here within the four walls of the church. It, it, I think it's, well, I'm convinced in my heart it's, it's us. Listen to what Jesus says to his disciples. We're going to look at three alls he mentions in three verses. Verse 18, Jesus came up and he spoke to them saying, All authority. The same authority that God had given Jesus. Jesus is saying now, I am giving you that authority. Remember the illustration I opened up with, what if the commissioner of police who has all the authority gave you permission to arrest some of you kind of look doubtful. I got to change that illustration. Because I'm like, wait a minute. But here's Jesus giving his disciples. He says, I am giving you some authority. I'm giving you, I'm giving you, I'm giving you a portion of my authority. Is, is that what he said? Help me. I'm a little slow. He's giving, he's giving all All authority has been given to me, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Anyone got a working definition for all? Oh, okay, that's that's what I figured. All authority. And he says in heaven and on earth, his authority is limitless, ladies and gentlemen. And he's saying to his disciples, I'm giving it to you. To you, and look at what he asks them to do. He says, "Go, therefore, and make disciples." I love to hear Pastor Lee speak on this. We all know that the the main verb there is not in the going, but it's in the making of the disciples. Um, when I first Heard this passage many, 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 many moons ago. And I've only been older. I've been old enough only for two moons. But you get the picture. Way when I was a teenager, when I first heard this passage preached. I didn't like this passage. Because it frightened me. Because I thought it meant now. I have to go to. Well back then it was Timbuktu. Wherever Timbuktu is. To, to, to be a missionary. If I was going to be a devout Christian. I, I had to buy a ticket. And go someplace. And, and, and suffer for the Lord. And you got to understand. Growing up in NCA. NCA at the time. They brought in uh, a lot of foreign missionaries. Godly people. People who love the Lord. And so my only picture of a missionary. At the time. Was this husband and wife with. A lot of children who wearing borrowed clothes. And so when I was confronted with going full time into missionary work, I was like, But that's not what this passage means. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. It's limitless. It has no boundaries. I'm giving it to you to make disciples, to make followers of me, followers of Jesus Christ. And look at where he says to go and do this. Who, who, who is, who is the target audience in this passage in verse 19? Go therefore and make disciples of some nations, just the Bahamas. All nations. There's that all word there again. What if I told you that every one of us in here is a missionary? For a long time, the word missionary, the sent one, has gotten a bad rap. But the reality is, that's what we all are we are all representatives sent by Jesus Christ. And it doesn't mean that Patrick now has to get on a plane, that uh, Darren has to get on a plane. Pastor Lee has been talking in recent times about this whole idea of elbow-to-elbow evangelism. Being that missionary right where God has placed you. I was going through the airport, I think it was Atlanta, and there was this family, rather large family, and they were wearing all black, and the men, and they were wearing these uh, nice looking hats, and the ladies were wearing these long, uh, dresses, uh, all to the, to the wrists, and they were nice and long and flowing out to the, I mean, it, it swept the, And uh, it was hard to not, it was hard to miss these people. Um, They were a rather large group. And uh, someone kind of asked, I'm not sure, someone behind me asked, who are they? And the word that came out next kind of shocked me. Because of the way it was said, it said they were missionaries. And you could hear the venom and the hate and the disdain in the word as it was said, missionaries. (laughs) That's how it feels sometimes out there, doesn't it? But yet we're told all authority has been given to you to make disciples everywhere you go. Thirdly, Jesus said to them, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them, and here's the kicker, teaching them to observe what? All that I commanded you. (laughs) How on earth would they be able to teach all that they had been commanded see this well let me ask you this question how are you and i going to teach all that god's commanded if we ourselves are not observing all that he's commanded i'll give you a case in point george Barna, um highly respected um, or what do we want to call him, research analyst, Uh, came up with a recent uh, survey, and the recent survey said that the divorce rate within the church is somewhere around 52%. How are we going to teach the pagans, the non-believer, all that God's commanded, if we in the body of Christ aren't able to do what we've been commanded to do. One of the easiest things that pagans like to say is, well, look at what you're all doing in the church. All authority has been given for us to make disciples of all the nations. So the question we must ask ourselves, the question I'd like to ask us is, How do we, in light of all this authority, in light of all of that Jesus has challenged us to do, how do we now stem the tide? How do we get people back out to church again? How do we get people passionate about the things of the Lord again? I think it starts with us. You can't teach passion, can you? I wish I wish we could all go to the store and um, listen, I'll have a bottle of passion. No, 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 no. Passion is contagious, is it not? We're safe, we're protected in here and it's okay to be passionate. It's okay to raise your hand. It's okay to clap. It's okay to talk of the things of the Lord here in church. But we get a little skittish outside that door. How many of you how many of you have had the pleasure of being in the bank on a Friday afternoon uh, when the construction fellas have just gotten paid? (laughs) Oh, it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of fun. Seniors line's (laughs) not bad. I'm sorry, but I don't qualify for the seniors. And and how do I make disciples right where I am? I've enjoyed driving around town this past week. No school. Have Have you seen it? Have you felt it? The sun kind, the sun shone just a little softer. The breeze was just a little bit better. For some reason there was just peace in the atmosphere. But you know what? Tomorrow morning, it's going to change. <laughs> and, and how do we make disciples in the midst of all of that? I'm in San Salvador two weeks ago. It's a Wednesday evening. I'm calling my wife. And it's about 930 30. And I'm sharing with, her. I called her on the phone. I said, sweetie, guess what? Guess what God did? And I'm sharing with her all the crazy things. And wait a minute. There's silence on the phone. Strange. Mona Lisa's usually the, 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 the talker in the house, but she was dead quiet. And she says, sweetie, where were you? I'm, Mona Lisa, I'm here in Sensal. She says, no, I've been trying to call you all evening. I was in a car accident. What, what happened? She told me the events, etc., etc., etc. She said, sweetie, I was kind to call you. Where were you? One does not think about making disciples in an opportunity like that, do we? The only verse that came to my mind was Isaiah 26, which we had just talked about earlier that week in Sunday school. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. See, I believe, ladies and gentlemen, God gives us opportunity upon opportunities to make disciples. He's given us the authority. with me for a minute. I want us to take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Just three verses. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. uh, The Apostle Paul uh, is challenging the believer in the way they live. I think, I don't think, I'd like to share with you three principles that I believe can help to change um, some of these downward trends that we're seeing in the church today, namely Sunday school, church attendance, etc., etc., etc. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. Listen to what Paul says. He says, For though I am free from all men, listen to what he says he's done. I have made myself a slave to who? To all. Did he say why he made himself a slave to all? That he may win more. You want to be a good disciple maker? Be a slave. Serve. Well, Brother how how, how, how how do I be a slave? I think a good place to start is right at home. How can I be a slave in my house so that I might win? One, two, three, four, five, six, however many. I'm going to get in trouble for this, but just humor me for a minute. Because it's, it's a woman's job to wash the dishes, to clean the clothes. Ladies, hold on, hold on, I'm not finished yet. It's, it's a woman's job. But if (laughs) Brother, don't get in trouble with me. (laughs) I can run. (laughs) But if I'm going to be a slave, I'm going to serve in such a way that I might win. I might say, sweetie, put me to work. How can I help you? I got home the other day, and Mona Lisa met me at the door. She had this frazzled look. (laughs) And I said, quick, y'all, put your shoes on. Outside. I said I had my, my shirt, my tie, jacket on. I'm out there playing soccer with my jacket on. But I just got him out of the house quick because normally said was going to kill something. I mean somebody. How do we be a servant? How do we be? A, Paul says, be a slave so that you may win. Think about on the job where you are. How can you be a slave? And in the process, make a disciple. It's an interesting question, isn't it? Second point I'd like to share is in verse 22. So verse 19, be a slave to others. There used to be a time in churchdom, and certainly I know this is still to be true here at Calvary, and let me encourage you to continue doing it, just as a final point to being a slave. But there was a time in churchdom when a uh, family, a uh, husband and wife, uh, the, the, the woman, the sister in the Lord uh, would go into labor and there would be this overwhelming support uh, to the husband, uh, providing food, providing meals uh, to that person. Um, I know a church, it's called Calvary Bible Church, where they still practice that. But, but again, that's a great example of being a slave, the way we rally to each other's needs. You see what I'm saying? So don't go feeling bad saying, well, we ain't doing that. No, you are. What I'm trying to do is, i um, trying to spur us on to, to continue doing what we've been doing. Operation In as much, for example. Keep giving, keep giving, playing an incredible role in this community. Can I get an amen? Keep doing what you've been doing. Understand though, here's the reason why we do it. Ladies and gentlemen, Messiah is on his way. Listen to what Paul says in verse 22. He says, to the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that I might, so that I may, by all means, save some. Here's the idea here. Be flexible. As a matter of fact, be ultra-flexible. You know, in Hezekiah, in Hezekiah chapter to Hezekiah chapter 8, verse 4, it says that church service is supposed to start at 11 a.m. Sunday mornings Because you used to see some people, where's that Hezekiah? (laughs) There is no Hezekiah, I was playing with you. But we got to be flexible. We're going to have to do some things differently, is the point I'm trying to make. If we're going to if we're going to win some, save some. Give them opportunities to see Christ living in us. How many of you use smart devices? You, you, and Facebook, this book, and that book, all of these different technologies that's out there. How are we using it to make disciples? Go ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the example there is now we can go and do likewise, but be flexible. Evangelism doesn't all just happen in the church. As a matter of fact, the best place for it to happen is out there. Where they get to see Christ living in us. In the real situations of life. I had to go and file an insurance claim uh, for, 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 the, uh, for the accident. And as I was, you, you know, accidents aren't the easiest things to deal with. And especially when the, the persons who are responsible for the accidents aren't. As cooperative as you'd like them to be. I'm trying to be politically correct here. But I can vividly remember last week going into the office. And it was as if God stopped me and said, Patrick, check your attitude at the door. You're a living epistle. You're being read. That's what Peter says. We are living epistles to be read by all. Be more flexible. Am I right? So be a slave. Be a slave. Serve the pudding out of the brothers and sisters in Christ. It may mean, as a matter of fact, this whole technology thing, you know, someone texts me something every day. There's a text of verse and this thing and the next. And, And some of you say, well, wait a minute, I'm using my minutes. But but, but think about the investment that can make as far as the kingdom is concerned. Be flexible. Finally, finally, finally. uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse uh, 24. So all authority has been given for us to make disciples of all the nations. And we're going to teach them all the commandments. Understanding that those commandments, we have to be living them first before we can... As a matter of fact, that's what Ezra 7.10 says. Study it, practice it, then teach it. Listen to verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Here's the idea here. So uh, the first idea is make yourself a slave. There's the, the second idea of being flexible. As flexible, as a matter of fact, we had this saying in, in 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 ministry: "Flex and obey." But there's no other way to be happy. Flex and obey. So be flexible, and finally, run hard. How many of you had a chance to to watch any of the Karifta events? I, I, I like I like the I like the short events. I wish they had like a 50 yard dash. That one, I want I you know, no sweat, you just get in there, and it's over. But then they come with these 1,500, 3,000, 5,000. What I find most incredible is you got the poor fellow or the young lady who's run 15 laps. And then they say, well, and you can hear the commentators, they're all excited, and excited now, because it's 800 meters to go, two more laps. And they say, now this is where the race really begins. (laughs) And you can see the runners. They find another gear. And they've been pretty much running slow for a bazillion laps. And then the last two, they kick it up. I'm breathless watching them. Why do they run hard? Why do they run extra hard to win? The end is near. The end is in sight. The prize is there. That's my challenge to you. The end is near. The finish line is in sight. And ladies and gentlemen, we got to run today like we've never run before. Run hard Live like never before. Live in light of the fact that you have been given divine authority to make disciples. In the grocery stores, in your marriages, on the play field, on the job, at work, dealing with a difficult customer. You fill in the blank. He's given you the authority and He's placed you there for a time such as this to make disciples. Listen, him heart. Just because I get a plane and I fly to Aruba and I teach people how to study the Word of God. Just because I get on a plane, yeah, yeah, okay, sure, I'm a missionary. But ladies and gentlemen, understand, you and I are all missionaries. And we've been given all the same authority. Maybe I shouldn't ask. How many of you deal with difficult people? Don't call names. On behalf of Pastor Clint. How? How are they going to see Christ? How are they going to get a snapshot of Christ living in you in spite of their making their demands? I want service now. I'm not the easiest person to live with. Oh, I am so glad Mona Lisa's not here to say an amen. How how can she live in such a way that I get a snapshot of Christ living in her? I can say that. She ain't here. She would have some choice answers for you. But do you hear what I'm saying? Everywhere we are, when we step out in the parking lot tonight and pull out onto the road... It's showtime. As a matter of fact, we don't even have to do that. Right in here. Right in here. People can get a snapshot of Christ living in us. Be a slave. Be a slave. But be flexible. And for heaven's sakes, ladies and gentlemen, may I encourage you, run hard. Run hard. Run as if you are on your last leg. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. I'll say it a little slower. We are not guaranteed tomorrow. So how do we live now in light of that fact? Be a slave. (laughs) Be flexible. Use the technology. Use the resources around you. And for heaven's sakes live it. Live it. Live it like you mean it. For God's honor and His glory. Let's pray. God, I am reminded in your word, we are encouraged by your word where you said that you won't leave us or forsake us. We've seen in your word where you've given us authority. And in our going, you've encouraged us, you've challenged us, you've commanded us to make disciples. To make followers of Christ. Dear God, there is an implication there that we ourselves are followers of Jesus Christ. God, where we've fallen short, forgive us. Forgive me. Show us, dear God, how we can live passionately. Show us, dear God, how we can live like we really believe you are alive. And God, in so doing, may they see the good works that we do and give you honor and glory. God, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.